Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Welcome back. Uh, Welcome if it's your first time as well. Welcome to everyone. So happy you're here and listening. Before we dive into today's episode, just wanted to remind y'all to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do your listening. And if you have the time, uh, leave us a review. Those five-star ratings really help us get seen by more listeners and more importantly, more readers. So we really appreciate it if you can take the time to do that. And your kind words mean the world to us. If you want to hang out with us on social media, this episode is a pretty pretty central to around our social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. And Instagram is where you will see us posting things like, oh, I don't know, our ProBookNerds reading challenge. So let's dive into it. I've got Emma here with me. Emma, hello. Hi, Joe. You ready to talk about the reading challenge? I'm not ready, honestly, to talk about the reading challenge because I'm ill-equipped to wrap my head around 2024 being imminent, but I am excited to actually share the reading challenge that we've put together for folks. So It's always so much fun to come up with these because you and I are both serious mood readers. We were complaining (laughs) about it literally last night via text that it's so hard to be a mood reader because there are there's there's always the fat stack of books that you want to start but it becomes so difficult to actually start a pile of books unless you're in the mood for what's in that stack yeah so it's funny because i like the challenge that we've put together but then obviously right as a mood reader myself i will just use these prompts as inspiration um and not hold myself to you know, the standard. <laughs> but it does help me when I am in a bit of a reading rut to go like, okay, what could I even want to read? And this jump starts me back in, into the fold. Yes. If like, ooh, this is really like, oh yeah, that's the mood I'm in uh, as a mood reader. But it is funny that we were literally both complaining to each other about this by text yesterday because I just finished a book I have no shortage of things to read. My physical TBR, I have advanced reader copies. I have digital advanced reader copies. We have Libby. Like I have great library systems. The amount of things I have access to read is literally limitless. And I'm sitting here and I don't know what to read. I have stacks and stacks of books. My little e-reader is full of galleys that I need to get on for upcoming interviews. And all I could think of was like, but what if I reread you right now? Honestly. (laughs) And then that's the thing, not even talking about things I've already read, suggesting that I do a reread because I just don't know what I'm in the mood for. So I won't know unless I try a bunch of things. I do this often when I don't know is I'll like try something 
if it's not the mood, we move on. We try something else. If it's not the mood, we move on. But that is extremely annoying to me as somebody that would like to make a dent in my to be read literal like Goodreads list, physical stack, and it's book cart. And it's funny because sometimes none of that will do. None of that is the mood. And I will then end up reading like an obscure suggestion that like we were just chatting about, or like I'll remember a book from literally 10 years ago. And then that's what I'm in the mood for. Like what? And suddenly you're rereading all of Meg Cabot. Yes. And then I'm rereading all of the the Mediator series uh, just at random. And then you're like seven books deep. It's dumb. (laughs) It's tough. Well, and you and I have both talked about how this year has been like a bumper crop year of us reading. Like We have been putting books away off the TBR or ones that were never that never even made it to the list and just straight up got read. But this has been like a killer year. Like for me, for books. And the thing I attribute most to that is that I finally and like wholeheartedly embraced the DNF, the did not finish, do not finish. I used to like, I have to finish this book and I would get, it's it's the end of the year. So I'm going to bring up Twilight one more time before we go into a new year. That yeah. when I first tried to read Twilight in 2006, before anyone knew what it was, <laughs> and I picked it up at Borders for $5 because it was on the bargain bin of like, these aren't moving. I read like a chapter and then mm-hmm. I put it down. I was like, well, I have to finish it. And I tried to read something else. And then I read like another three chapters. And then a friend talked to me into reading some more. And then I just never made it past that point ever again and that always used to be my thing i couldn't not finish a book and if i did have to not finish it it would be like six months of trying to read it reading nothing else and just kind of like eventually giving up and moving on but now that i without abandon will stop a book and it's a i i have like solid distinguishes like i can usually tell if it's this isn't the vibe for me right now and i'll put it back on a list of like read later or I'll put it in one of my genre lists or if I'm like oh this isn't the writing isn't for me whatever isn't for me I'm actually not going to finish this and then I just kind of like wipe the slate entirely but that's yeah no I think that's such a good point because I think we both probably from doing this together learned the importance and the distinction between I'm not in the mood for this book right now I'm going to read it later when I know I will enjoy it versus I am this book is not for me and I don't need to keep putting time to it. <laughs> the the podcast has invaluably given me that for sure. Because there's not enough time as it is to read the things we want to read or the things we need to read. And so yeah, I think having that distinction, that awareness <laughs> has been vital. Without a doubt. I've also gotten myself into like my ebook era from audiobooks. I have a, a Kobo paperwhite kind of deal. I've been reading graphic novels that way. I'm I'm truly in my era of reading. <laughs> I know and I agree because and sometimes as well, this is I mean, like we're on a mood less mood reading lesson with Emma and Joe. Also knowing when I'm in the mood for a physical book, when I'm in the mood for an ebook, and sometimes it it differs or an audiobook, just again, based on like 
this absurd criteria that I have, but like, if I need to get out of a reading rut, I'm more likely to do that with an ebook because I feel like I can read it quicker. I can read it at any point because I have it on my phone and I see the like, oh, you're 50% through. I see the progress bar. I'm like, well, this is competition with myself. I'm going to read it. Right. Something about laying in bed without having to turn a light on and just like sneaking through a book is delicious. Right. Or like if I'm with my kid, you know, I can kind of, I have my phone with me at all times. So like, oh, let me just read a chapter quick versus like, let me pull out my hardback and skip to the page. My son likes to pull my bookmark out of my books and I have to explain to him that they're marking the spot that I'm in. So he can't just yank the bookmark out. I think it also depends on the mood and the format. All that to say, we have taken some of that into consideration. We have. With some of these. With with the 2024 (laughs) challenge, we've given you some options. Before we dive into 2024, though, I wanted to shout out a few submissions from 2023 uh, for how some of y'all completed this challenge. So first I have from Gloria uh, for the Greek myth retelling Gloria read Circe by Madeline Miller. Popular YA read The Mechanical Romance by Alexine Farrell Fulmuth. A book that you picked only for the cover, Reckless Girls by Rachel Hawkins. A book with a map, Starry Eyes by Jean Bennett. A cookbook and make a recipe uh, went with Forks Over Knives by Del Srufi and made the kimchi noodle salad, split pea soup, rice salad, uh, the single soup, and apple crisp. An audiobook narrated by the author. We had Becoming by Michelle Obama. Highest or lowest rated book on your TBR. I'm happy to see this. I want to know if this is highest or lowest. I'm guessing it's pretty up there. It's One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus. We know I had I had a year of those books this year. Book with a Bilingual Character, Never Look Back by Lilium Rivera. Reading a Poetry Collection was Call Us What We Carry by Amanda Gorman. Read a Friend's Favorite Book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Book by an author with a pen name, Crocodile on the Sandbark, by Egyptologist Barbara Mertz. Pen name uh, is Elizabeth Peters, or maybe I'm, maybe that's flipped. Uh, And then a book about found family, Apples Never Fall, by Leon Moriarty. We also have Amanda, who for Greek myth did Olympus, Texas, by Stacey Swan. Um, popular YA was The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Book you only picked for the cover, The Spectacular by Fiona Davis. Book with a map, Ducks, Two Years in the Oil Sands by Kate Beaton. Cookbook and Make a Recipe, The Lighter Step-by-Step Instant Pot Cookbook by Jeffrey Eisner. Audiobook narrated by the author, Vacation Land by John Hodgman. Highest or lowest on your TBR, The Sixth, The Untold Story of America's First Women Astronauts by Lauren Grush. Book with a Bilingual Character, A Very Typical Family by Sierra Godfrey, which we read for BLR this year. Read a Poetry Collection, Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. Read a Friend's Favorite Book, The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Tengu Mandana. A book with an author with a pen name, The Girl Before, J.P. Delaney. And then a book about found family, A Man Called Ove by Frederick Bachman. And then last but certainly not least that we'll share with you today from at MZ Megara on Instagram. This is our list. So also read Cersei, read the Legend series, Yellow Face, The Way of Shadows, Talking As Fast As I Can by Lauren Graham, The Silver Swan, Babel, 
The Gilmore Girls Unofficial Cookbook, Milk and Honey, Inkheart, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and then The Forest of Vanishing Stars. Some solid reads from y'all. Remember, you can always send in your completed challenges as we move into 2024. So if you kind of play along with us at home, Completed or not, we would love to hear from you. So you can always send them in, shout them out. Uh, if you don't want your name mentioned or anything like that, also feel free to include that in the email. You can send those to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com or you can DM us on Instagram at probooknerds. With that, and now that we can move into a review of the 2024 challenge, Emma. I'm excited to say that if listeners would like to download our prompt, that we have a sheet that you, a PDF that you can fill out and a graphic that you can post on Instagram, we'll be posting that today as well. Uh, you can visit our website, professionalbooknerds.com, and it will be right on the homepage for you to click on and download. But do you want to kick us off with our first prompt in the challenge? I would love to. So the first prompt for the 2024 Professional Book Nerds Reading Challenge is literally for me so that I do this next year, but it is a genre you don't normally read. So we would love for you to pick a book from a genre that is not one that you normally read in. So for me, that would be literally anything that's not mystery or romance. (laughs) See, we do it just as selfishly for ourselves as we do for y'all. It's a great way to, I don't know, just jump out there, try something new, not be too, like, we want to balance between not constraining you too tough into a, a role or a prompt, but also challenge you a little bit. So for me, um, I would pick probably a sci-fi title. I don't read too many of those. And if you liked The Midnight Library, you might like The Humans by Matt Haig. This is an older work. It's a little similar uh, in that in in vain, but moreover, it's kind of that sci-fi extraterrestrial visitor arriving on Earth, and his first impressions of the human species are less than positive. He takes the form of Professor Andrew Martin, a prominent mathematician at Cambridge University. The visitor is eager to complete the gruesome task assigned to him and hurry home to his own utopian planet, where everyone is omniscient and immortal. Next, we have a book with main characters that are a different age than you. There's a lot of ways we could go with this. Uh, Of course, this could be if you want to dive into a juvenile read, a middle grade, or a young adult. Or you can flip the script if you are um, looking for someone in their 30s, 40s, or if you want to look at kind of the older adult range. I grabbed a handful of titles that are murder mysteries of, you know, like very Jessica Fletcher-esque. We've got a, a person in their 70s and 80s solving crimes. Yeah, and like... This, I think we were talking about, or we've been talking about these things all year, but like I felt at times that I'm aging out of reading certain young adult books. So that said, there are young adult books that I have really found that I do really enjoy or that, I, that I'm able to overlook certain things or don't have the issues that I maybe have just because I am not the target audience for that book. But then on the flip side, reading books like Book Lovers by Emily Henry or Happy Place or things like that, those are romances set around characters in their 30s. I don't know that I was reading stuff like that when I was a teen, but it could have perhaps been helpful. (laughs) 
So I think it was just definitely thinking, you know, getting a little bit out of your own way in whichever way you would like. Yes. So (laughs) hop out there, find a different age. I will very likely pick up the Marlowe Murder Club by Robert Thorogood. See, and that's the thing that I like with these is that they really are for me aspirational. They're to help foster my creativity when I don't know what to read. Again, help like inspire something based on the mood. And so the next prompt is a book on your TBR list, whichever form you subscribe to, that's been on there for longer than one year. So two of mine that have been on my Goodreads TBR since 2015 and 2016, respectively, are To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Hahn. I love the films, but I have never read books for that. And that's been on my TBR list since before the movie was even, I think, a a news story. And um, and then the other one, our coworker Sydney is gonna slap me on the wrist for this, but I still have not read Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. So I have read other things by her, but for whatever reason, Fangirl is one I just I, you know, it's like too daunting. I know I'm going to love it. Or like, there's just, it's too much hype. I don't know. It's just comfort on my TBR at this point. Uh, But it's Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. And it's been sitting in that place since 2016. (laughs) I hate to admit it, but I'm with you on Fangirl. I remember when it came out. I remember placing holds at the library. I remember it coming ready for me. And I was like, I can't read this right now. Uh yeah, I'm eyeing the 10th anniversary edition because it's gorgeous. But um, yes, I have not. It's so funny. I'm going to buy it and I've not read it. I do that a lot. But um, yeah, so uh, it is my goal, certainly, to try and read some of these that have been staples on my list for many years now. But the the prompt is for a book that's been on there for longer than a year. So that could be help 10 years or you. it could yeah. be a year. But yeah, let's <laughs> right. help everyone clear out some of those older ones. <laughs> exactly. Inspired perhaps by me pulling up Magic by Angie Sage. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, this one is no surprise, especially coming out of my mouth. But how about you read an audiobook that is either full cast or dramatized? This can be Emma's favorite graphic audio. This could be a beautiful full cast. I know we've mentioned a lot of these throughout the year. This year, like Lisa Jewell, most of her audiobooks include a full cast. Daisy Jones and the Six is so popular. But some others that you might not have heard of, uh, if you liked Daisy Jones and the Six, and you know, great read, amazing audiobook, there is The Final Revival of Opal and Nev by Donnie Walton. Full Daisy Jones vibe, very kind of similar behind the music. And we've got a ton of amazing narrators listed on this. So hop into that. We've also got A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson, One of Us is Dead by Geneva Rose, and of course, Sadie by Courtney Summers. I know we've talked about this one on the pod before, but podcast in a book, always love to see how that's handled. Yeah, and I'm going to just for the 900th time, shout out graphic audio, any of their adaptations. We talk a lot about specific ones, but their catalog is huge. Immense. They've got graphic audio adaptations of the boys. If you like a dark superhero series, like 
you can find something. Like Brandon Sanderson. They don't just have Sarah J. Mass and Rebecca Yaros, who you've heard a lot of, you know, praise for, but they they have tons of different series and graphic audio. So if you haven't given their things a little perusal, I would definitely just see what they have on offer that you might enjoy. The next prompt is a book in translation because there are so many books being published now that have been translated from other languages all around the world. And I think it's important to consider those stories as well. Obviously, the United States has a huge publishing industry, but there are a lot of really wonderful things that are published in other countries and then adapted or translated. And so we do think it's important to kind of look to those picks as well. I know that's something that I almost never do. So again, these are things that we're challenging ourselves a little bit to get outside of our comfort zones and look to those other books. And so I know Joe has some examples that he's hoping to read next year. I do. This one brought this prompt uh, came from my brain from back in college because I, uh, in my French minor took a course on French literature and translation. So there is a section of my bookshelves that are books that were originally written in French and then translated into English. And that is that is entirely where this came from. So we've got Shoko Smile by Choi Yun Young, The Dinner by Herman Cook, The Good Son by Yu Jung Jung, uh, and then Your Second Life Begins When You Realize You Only Have One by Raphael Giordano. And that one, of course, is French translated to English because I had to bring one that just straight up came from uh, my my good old love of that that inspired this. I love this though, because again, this, I mean, we certainly look to our own reading habits when we're trying to consider these challenges because we think a lot of readers are similar. You read certain genres, you read certain formats. And so we try to think about things that would maybe be a challenge, maybe be a stretch, but wouldn't be so difficult that you would get really frustrated by our choices. <laughs> you know, like there's there's so many different ways that you can look at reading across the year and enjoying books in your life. And when we're creating these together, I always try to think of this as like not so much a challenge, but inspiration. Like this is just supposed to be fun that if in the process last year you found that maybe the inspiration you needed in your week was a cookbook and to be challenged to make a recipe, like glad we did that for you. And maybe you learned that you either love or hate poetry now. Even if you didn't get all the way through that book, you still got something out of it. So I think that's I, I think that's really cool. And I like to look at this as just the same kind of, maybe this will trigger your next mood reading process. Maybe this will be, you know, how you find something just brand new. Speaking of not brand new. <laughs> Speaking of not brand new, we're going to lose some time in this section. That's for sure. Because the next prompt is reread a childhood favorite. So if, do you want to start us off? Because your number one is also one on my list. Oh, really? Uh-huh. You put that in and I went, who are we? Why okay. Why do we know this about each other? The vibes. Uh, yeah. So Obviously, childhood favorite is going to be different for everybody, especially like time period, what you consider your favorite, et cetera. Um, But some of mine that I would love to reread, especially because I did reread the Meg Cabot Mediator series this year, and that holds up, ladies and gentlemen, 20 years later, it is 
so good. So I, I hope that if I reread some of these, they also stand the test of time. That is always yeah. like the risk. Um, mm-hmm. That things you loved as a child, you will not love as an adult. But <laughs> uh, my ones that I'm sort of keeping an eye on for this are the Confessions of Georgia Nicholson series by Louise Renison. Those had a grip on me. They I really did. I was absolutely did. in love with them. I am specifically very afraid that those are not going to hold up. I am a little worried that they're not going to hold up either. But some of the things I reference to this day, uh-huh. uh, which is a bit silly. My name's Adam Sokol, and I'm the host of the Passions and Prologues podcast. Every week, best-selling authors like Jenny Jackson, Rebecca Mackay, Lisa Scottolini, or Brad Meltzer come on to my show to talk about, yes, their new books, but more importantly, the things that they're crazy passionate about. We've talked about the Muppets, powerlifting, traveling, gardening, home improvement, and so much more. We dig into why these things are their passions, how they inspire their writing, and where they came to fall in love with these random assorted things. Be sure to subscribe to the Passions and Prologues podcast wherever you get your podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com to learn more. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. So the impact has been lasting. Sorry, had to interrupt you on that one because when I saw you type that in, I was like, of course. That's the other thing though. Like certain things don't stand the test of time because yeah. things have changed, etc. But um I do think it's interesting to revisit these things. Oh yeah, the memories. Oh. Another one that's been on my list to do, and this is a good push to do it, is to read a lot of Sarah Dessen's backlist. I have read her, I've talked about this, I think, extensively on the podcast. I've read her books since I was 12, 13, and that has continued on through the publication of all of her books up to, like, I think her last book, which was 2019 or 2020. Obviously, that's a very long stretch of time to be reading those. So I want to read those again. Also, the Princess Diaries series. It is great. That also has newer installments, which I have read. So I'd be interested again to see if the early stuff sort of stands up to the newer stuff. And then um, two other ones that I think are, I'll call them classics and hope that they stand the test of time as well, is the 1-800-Where-Are-You series by Meg Cabot. She wrote this originally under the pen name Jenny Carroll as a fun fact. Um, and then A Great and Terrible Beauty by Libba Bray, which is the Gemma Doyle series. I don't know if that's going to hold up either, but we're going to see. We're going to see. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of look at it as if I can reread it and relive what I enjoyed about it, I may not be recommending it to people who would be reading it in that in like that age range now, but I can still go like, wow, the memories. Yeah. You can still look at it fondly through that lens of nostalgia. But what were the ones that that you wanted to read, Joe? Oh, wow. I have so many childhood favorites that I feel like are 
regularly in my reread rotation, one of those being a series of unfortunate events. I I was that kid. They were still coming out when I was reading them. Like <laughs> I I remember when the the final book came out and staying up too late and being way too tired at school the next day to finish it. A series of unfortunate events. Also, just a reminder, if you haven't listened to the audiobooks of those, they're narrated by Tim Curry, except the first one, which Netflix went and ruined, and it's Neil Patrick Harris. But Tim Curry. I, and I stand by that. You, I can love Neil Patrick Harris, but you don't record re-record Tim Curry. Yeah, so, I will yeah. agree with that as well. I'll, I'll die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make too many hot takes on here, but I, I'll stand on that one. Um, I also want to do some rereading of Lois Duncan. When I was in middle school, I got real into like, I know what you did last summer. Stranger with My Face is the one I picked on here, but like, all of those uh, just really, I think that's like my love of psychological thrillers and like thrillers and horror and all of that comes from Lois Duncan's works. I also learned that they were reprinted around the time that I was reading them with minor edits and updates. So like, right. So there is a, in one of them, they talk about the Vietnam War initially, and then they updated it to the Warren Iraq, like the, the very strange things that they changed some context, but not all context. So with that, I want to like see them with new light. Um, and then of course, I love Howl's Moving Castle. I've I've said it a handful of times, uh, but I love the whole series. Diana Wynne Jones is an absolute dream. That is, <laughs> of course, when I love fantasy, that's when I go like full on British high fantasy with with good old Diana Wynne Jones, but. I, I got to dive in there. And then uh, because I've been having my year of horror, I also am thinking of rereading the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series. Uh, I think that'd be fun the way that they kind of like live in your brain and just to remember where they come from. Emma, I feel like this next one is suited pretty good to you and your reading habits. It is. And so I did just uh, realize just now that all of my suggestions on here are romance and mystery, but that is obviously because that's my wheelhouse. There are tons of books that have a dual point of view, which is our next prompt. So it's something Joe and I love in a, in a book. And so we wanted to see if y'all love a dual POV as well. And so some suggestions that I have not stop talking about on the podcast are betting on you by Lynn painter that just came out in November of this year and is hands down one of the best young adult books I have ever read. I will make that bold claim. I would also suggest icebreaker by Hannah grace that has dual POV and hockey. Also the quiet tenant, which I talked about on best books of 2023, which you you ha- will have heard by the time this episode is out. Uh, that is told from the perspective of three different women who are involved in uh, the life of a serial killer. So uh, the, the Quiet Tenant by Clémence Michelon is, yeah, fantastic, but obviously a very different vibe than Betting on You by Lynn Painter. So really find that dual POV book that fits your preferences. But those are just some suggestions there. One that I thought would be fun was reading a book that is out of season. So if you are starting this challenge in the winter, pick up a great summery book, something that gives you strong summer vibes, something that's like the like 
the the season that you're not in of course you could also pick something from fall or spring but i of course my brain immediately goes like contrast of cold cold winter and hot hot summer um or then if you're getting around to that prompt toward the end of or toward the like the middle of the year flip it on its head and do a good wintry book in the the dog days of summer yeah or like those back to school like autumnal dark academia stuff that we always seem to be in the mood for come like october or like september october read that in june or right in february like yeah, read Ellen Hildebrand in summer Nantucket uh, in the depths of winter. Exactly. Bring some warmth to you via book. Um, we also have read a duology. I know we've talked about it a lot, especially at like this part of the year, that duologies are the hot thing. It's kind of bringing us back into seeing series spawn back out. And whew, we've had some good ones this year. Uh, Letters of Enchantment by Rebecca Ross, Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo, and All the Stars and Teeth by Adeline Grace. Of course, there are endless duologies out there. You can find them left and right, but just a few to get you diving in. And the next prompt is a fun one. This you could go literally any direction with, is a book with a one-word title. So obviously ones that came to my mind were You by Caroline Kepnes, Sadie by Courtney Summers, Haunted by Meg Cabot, The Sky's the Limit. Joe, you had some as well. Yeah, I also thought about like Mame by Jessica George. I remember that gorgeous cover and a beautiful story. And then if you want a little graphic novel manga action here. Uh, you could do just about everything by Junji Ito has a one word title. I went with tombs, uh, but you can a berserker, like you can find a lot of different options across all formats. Next, this one may, this one is like practically a free space. This is your chance to truly just like, I can do this challenge, but also still pick up the hot, hot, hot new title. Um, a book from any bestseller list. Don't care which list you're using. Grab a bestseller list. Pick a title off of it. You can go backward in time. It does not have to be, you know, current right now. Uh, so when I was looking through a couple different lists, I pulled from 2020 to now. There are things like Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid, Untamed by Glennon Doyle, Then She Was Gone by Lisa Jewell. We love Lisa Jewell here. The Queen's Gambit by Walter Tevis. The Storyteller by Dave Grohl. Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. And then The Invisible Kingdom by Megan O'Rourke. Lots of great options to choose from that may help you tick off a few other boxes on the challenge list or uh, get your TBR kind of like knocked down at least a few pegs. Yeah. And I think we really wanted to make sure that this was general. So it says any bestseller list. So obviously the big ones are like New York Times bestseller list, but also for folks to consider the USA Today bestseller list, the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, like the Sunday Times bestseller list. I like it. There's more room there than than just New York Times, as an example. It can be Barnes and Noble. It can be your local bookstore if they put that info out there. Like, break it down however you see fit. I just really liked this as an opportunity to tackle your TBR because we're not putting a we're not putting a year on it. It can be any year of bestseller. Uh, so see see what you can do with that. And 
sometimes I don't know, like I will be heavily influenced by these types of lists or I will eschew them and want nothing to do with these books. So we kind of leave it up to you to (laughs) pick which one you want to do. And um, I am intrigued to see what people select for this category. Definitely. And then our final prompt for 2024 is a book you heard about first on PBN. So we are being self-indulgent because this is our reading challenge, but we would love for you to read a book that you first heard about on the Pro Book Nerds podcast. So we talk a lot about books, obviously, and a lot of the time we talk about books for the first time in our monthly picks. And so if there's something that we mentioned in like April or June or whatever, and that was the first time you had heard of that book and you went on to read it, lucky you, that fits the prompt. Uh, But then also we would love to hear it. Uh, What books that you are hearing from us that are then being read and hopefully enjoyed or not enjoyed. I'd love to hear your hot takes. (laughs) If we are going to abuse your to-be-read lists, we should give you just a flat-out outlet to be like, Marissa recommended this in the Magical Realism episode, and I had to go read it. You know, Emma said this in December, and Joe said this in a a Pride Reads episode. There you go. You got it. Yeah, we are also opening up that to any episode of pro book nerds. So any book that you first heard about on the podcast, there are almost 800 episodes (laughs) for you to peruse. But yeah, we would love to hear a a book that you read uh, that you first heard about on the podcast, and then hopefully you enjoyed it. But again, if you didn't, we'd also like to hear that too. (laughs) (laughs) We like, we like the tea here. Well, that wraps up our 2024 Professional Book Nerds Reading Challenge. Remember, you can go and download the graphic and the PDF of our challenge if you want to track along with us as you go through the year on our website, professionalbooknerds.com. We'll also be posting the social media-sized one on Instagram today, so you'll you'll see that as well. But just keep that in mind, professionalbooknerds.com. And then whenever you complete it or whenever you are just done for the year, send those challenges into professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Emma, thank you for indulging me in truly just a chatty books episode where we got to let loose. <laughs> oh, anytime, because this, we just got to talk about whatever we wanted. <laughs> so. zero, zero structure, pure, yeah. just pure dead fun. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for joining us today and happy reading. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com or in Libby. Our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform, 
and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.